Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Well, this is uh, this is a little bit of inside baseball, uh, and it may not interest many of you, maybe not even most of you, but uh, uh, this is news in the Christian community, and I do my best to try to keep you up to date on what's going on, uh, not just in politics. I would much rather keep you up to date on what's going on in the religious community, the church community. Right now, um, I am deeply, deeply saddened to say the Southern Baptist Convention is being rocked by a lot of division and um, disunity. And I'm just so sad to say that. Uh, Is it done over finished? No, 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 no. They're still doing great, great work. But one of the great, one of the greatest religious stories in American history, and I don't believe I'm, I'm exaggerating at all, one of the greatest religious stories in American history was the revival that occurred in the Southern Baptist Convention back in the 70s. In the 60s, the Southern Baptist Convention took a hard left. I mean a hard left. Liberals, compromisers, Bible deniers took basically control of all of the seminaries in the Southern Baptist Convention. I remember very well a a, a survey that was done at Southern Seminary in Louisville back sometime in the 70s. And an overwhelming majority of the faculty members at their premier flagship seminary did not believe in the inerrancy of the Bible. The majority did not. It looked like the Southern Baptist Convention was going to go the way of the uh, most Presbyterian churches, the PCUSA, the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, uh, the, the mainline Protestant denominations, it looked like the Southern Baptist Convention was going to go that same way. And a handful of very brave, courageous soldiers of the cross rose up and said, no, we're going to go to war. And they did. They said, we will not tolerate heresy. We're going to expose it, and we're going to destroy it within our denomination. Now, it was not a personal thing. It was a doctrinal thing. It was like when Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia. He said, hey, if you hear any gospel other than what we have presented to you, let those people be accursed. Yeah, that's what Paul said. Well, men like Bailey Smith, Jerry Vines, uh, W.A. Criswell, uh, Judge... Oh, uh, it started with a P. I can't remember the name. Um, uh, Paige Patterson... Um, uh, um, 
uh, uh, oh my goodness, the famous pastor of Belleville Baptist, uh, Adrian Rogers, uh, those men gathered together and laid out a battle plan and said, we're going to win back the convention. We're going to expel these heretics. We're going to get rid of them, which, by the way, is very biblical. Can I repeat that? Getting rid of the heretics is very biblical. There's nothing in Scripture that tells us to sit around a campfire, make s'mores with people who deny Scripture, and join hands and sing kumbaya with those people who deny the virgin birth, the bodily atonement, the bodily resurrection of Christ. No, 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 no. In fact, we're told to do exactly the opposite. Expose them. Well, that's what they did. And it was a bloody battle. And I mean spiritually, not physically. Please understand that. But it was a bloody battle. And they won. They won. And the Southern Baptist Convention was rescued from liberalism and certain spiritual death. And for years, the Southern Baptist Convention experienced wonderful, wonderful, wonderful growth. And in the last several years, they have faced their history of racism. They faced it head on. They elected my friend Fred Luter as the first black president of the Southern Baptist Convention. They admitted their wrongs, admitted their sin, repented, asked God and the world for forgiveness. God blessed it. They have seen incredible growth in numbers, the number of churches, and so forth. Well, the last four or five years, there has been rising division and dissension within the convention. And again, is it uh, fatal? No, 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 no. I don't think it's fatal at all. But it's harmful, the division. A lot of division at um, this past convention, this past summer, largest attendance in 10 years or more. And one of the things was the handling of sexual abuse. A couple of Texas newspapers reported that there was a lot of covered-up sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention, at least in southern states. No indication that it was endemic um, across the entire denomination, but it was there, and it had been covered up by some. And there was a demand, rightfully so. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's do an investigation. Do we have a problem in the convention? Do we have a problem in the denomination with sexual abuse and the fact that it was covered up? That's a good thing. Be open, be transparent. And then there was a big battle over how the investigation was going to be carried on. The people that were involved in the executive committee, would they give up uh, attorney client privilege, and so forth. Well, at the last convention, there was a lot of controversy about who was going to be the next president. And uh, one candidate for president was a pastor by the name of Mike Stone. I don't know a whole lot about him. I've heard the name, don't know much about him. But uh, 
He is a real, real conservative. Well, he was not elected. A pastor Litton was elected. And most people I know are very pleased with him, believe that he is a conservative Bible believer. But anyway, I said all of that to get to this breaking story. Russell Moore was the director of the um, religious uh, ERLC in the Southern Baptist Convention. Very controversial. Russell Moore, very controversial. A lot of Southern Baptist pastors wanted him out. They thought he was leaning to the left. He was going liberal. He was compromising. And finally, he left. He quit. Um, well, here's the breaking news today. Before he left, some leaked letters that he wrote made it to the Washington Post, New York Times, And they were not very complimentary of this Mike Stone, who was running for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Many people believe that they were leaked intentionally to sink this Mike Stone's chances of being elected as president. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But this Mike Stone, who was running for president, did not make it, has now filed a lawsuit today, filed a lawsuit for libel, false invasion of privacy, and intentional infliction of emotional distress for spreading lies about Mike Stone. Um, and I'm just kind of heartsick. I don't know the details. I don't know the people involved. I've met Russell Moore. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Uh, the last two or three years, I've not trusted him, just personally. And hey, I'm an outsider looking in. Uh, I don't think he was representing the Southern Baptist Convention well. I do think he was leaning to the left. He was compromising. Uh, and I was glad he left. I was glad he was gone from the uh, ERLC. I was glad. Uh, Did he intentionally spread lies about Mike Stone so he would not be elected president? That is the contention of the lawsuit. Um, Is the lawsuit warranted? I don't know. But it makes me sad. Because once again, the body of Christ is going to be divided. People are going to take sides. There are going to be people on Russell Moore's side. There are going to be people on Mike Stone's side. Uh, If the accusations are true, and this Pastor Mike Stone tried to deal with it privately, like Matthew 18 says, and got no satisfaction, well, then maybe he should sue. I don't know, but... It's going to cause harm and division, whatever the case. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. My intention was just to move on from that 
Southern Baptist thing because I realize that probably the overwhelming majority of you are not Southern Baptist and that story doesn't interest you. It should because the Southern Baptists are the largest Protestant denomination in America and what happens there impacts all of us. But I was was just thinking during the break, division within the body of Christ. Listen to me. The author of division is the devil himself. Unless the division is essential. I'm not contradicting myself because earlier I said, hey, heretics should be exposed and expelled from churches, denominations, and so forth. We are commanded to do that in the Bible. We are not to tolerate false doctrine. We're not supposed to play footsie with people who are teaching, preaching, embracing false doctrine. We are to expose it and expel it. That's something we're not hearing very much about. But most of the division is not over doctrinal heresy. It's because of people's carnal, backslidden, uncrucified flesh. That's what was happening at the Church of Corinth. That's why Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians. A bunch of carnal, immature, divided, rebellious, fighting Christians made up the majority of the church at Corinth. And that's why Paul wrote his first letter. He called them a bunch of bottle babies. He said, you're so immature, you can't take the meat of the word. You're choking on the milk of the word. Here's something that I have discovered in my 50-plus years of church ministry. The greatest danger to the church of Jesus Christ is not the radical homosexuals. That's a danger. We need to expose this. We need to talk about it. But the greatest danger, listen to me, the greatest danger to the New Testament church in America is not the radical homosexuals. The greatest danger to the evangelical church in America is not Joe Biden or the Democrats or the liberal leftist progressives. A danger? Yes. Terrible danger to our country, but to the church? No. Let me tell you what the greatest danger is to your local church, my local church, churches in America, church around the world. Carnal immature Christians, born-again believers who are carnal, immature, selfish, self-centered. That is the greatest danger to any church. People in the congregation who refuse to surrender their flesh to the cross. Filled with pride, arrogance, independence, self-righteousness. I'm not going to go into detail, but I had an experience of that just recently. Someone came up to me at the end of a Sunday morning church service. He wanted me to make sure that I knew he was right. 
and everybody else was wrong. He had it. Here, look, 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 look. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And I thought, how carnal, how selfish is this on Sunday morning to find a preacher, a pastor, and just to nail them? I'm right. You find that all over churches. Church splits are common. And all church splits are caused by selfish, carnal Christians. That's why I say at the beginning of this program every day, the hope for America is not Washington, D.C., but a revival in the church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways... That's the danger to the church. Carnal Christians, we need a revival. Folks, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining me. Have a great evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern.